0: Hello and welcome to Travel Radio. This is the first episode of 2019. I apologize that I have had some technical difficulties. I don't know why my microphone decided not to work, but here we are in our first episode and I am pleased to have my husband Joe back on the program with me. So welcome, babe.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: It's great to have you. So to first start things off, I'm going to say happy new year to everyone. Thank you so much for... The wonderful 2018 that we had and i uh, looking forward to bringing some really neat uh, adventures to you guys this year as a point of housekeeping. The podcast is going to be going to a bi-weekly format, meaning uh, every two weeks just because I'm a busy mom and we've got some kids schooling and things to, to happen and some travel of our own and um, that's just how it's going to be for now and that's all right because I love my kids. And they like it when I spend time with them. They love you too. For the most part. <laughs> so we're going to start off with uh, the much anticipated by myself uh, review of the, what I think is called Bao Ba, best, world's best travel jacket. Is that how you would say it?
1: I don't know. This is my first critique. They named the jacket something that's impossible to pronounce. Bao Bao? Bao Bax? Bao Bax? Bao Bax? It's a
0: jacket. Bow Bax. Wish they would buy Bax my jacket. (laughs) (laughs) So first impressions, Uh, it was a Kickstarter project, which I was super excited about. This was actually maybe the first Kickstarter project that I've funded. Um, And it took a long, long time. They kept having production issues and finishing quality issues and presentation issues. All of the issues you would expect in learning manufacturing. However, this is their... Second, actually, version of this jacket. So this is supposed to be the new and improved version of the Baoba jacket or Baobahs buybacks jacket. And uh, anyway, it came and the box was shredded. It was taped with red and white tape that said this has been repackaged at our facility. It had no instructions, no packing slip, just two jackets in like half a box with tape. And that's how the experience started. Um, and then opening it up, was re- I was really excited, actually, And because we travel, and I was thinking that this thing was going to be like wearing a purse, because I'm always carrying my kid's stuff, and I was really excited for it. Also really excited for the footrest in the airplane, because my feet always be dangling. <laughs> my first impressions with that was that the fabric was actually very nice. I thought the external fabric was very nice, and... I don't think it's probably waterproof, probably water-resistant, but something you would expect, expect from a high-end, maybe Patagonia or no, North Face shell. Um, it was a nice fabric. You think so, also?
1: Agreed. Yeah, the exterior.
0: Exterior, very nice. And then I opened it up, and the pen inserts, like the actual ink those little packets fell out of one of the pockets and they were actually all exploded inside of the packaging. So I'm very thankful that it didn't get onto the fabric, but it was, like, not encouraging because I then had to inspect the coat for that. And upon inspection, I really thought that it was not finished well, unfortunately. There were just threads everywhere and, like, crooked stitching. And then in inspecting the lining, it just... It looks like if you had a bad nail job or, you know, like a loose, not loose, a hangnail, what am I trying to say? Like a jagged Mm -hmm. nail, you would go right through this fabric. Or if you like pulled a pocket open too aggressively, you would just rip it like right off. So uh, outside shell, great. Inside, not so great. And then in putting it on, in my experience, it is incredibly uncomfortable in the wrists specifically. It's like when you have a hairband on your wrist and it's like really hurting you because the hairband's too tight and you have to take it off, except where it's instantaneously like that. So I haven't even worn my jacket yet and I'm out of the window to return it. I actually don't think they do returns. You have to just exchange it and I'm outside of that window. I did write to the company and they said that they would exchange it, but then Christmas and New Year's happened and I didn't follow up on it. So I bet that they're not going to let me do it. But anyway, I've put it on three times in order to do a review properly. On my experience, but it's just too uncomfortable. So, Joe, you've worn yours a lot. It looks good on you. So tell us about your experience.
1: Well, thank you. Well, I did have a big trip, and so I got to wear it on the trip. I took two flights to get to the States and then three flights to get back because, you know, cheap tickets do what you got to do. And then I was one of the very many customers flying into London that was diverted for drone traffic at Gatwick. And so I flew into Manchester and took a train. So five flights and one train with this jacket. And here's what I learned. Okay. There are a lot of pockets.
0: Well, first off, you put the jacket on and what happened?
1: Uh, So, at at the cuff of the sleeves, there are wristies, but they're not sewn in. If you're not familiar with wristies, the idea is it sort of goes over your thumb and is... Covers the space on your wrist that might get exposed between your gloves and your jacket. And they're wristies, which on paper sounds like a good idea, but they're not sewn into the jacket. They're just Velcroed in. And as soon as I put my hand through the sleeve, it de-Velcroed. And so I had to reattach that. The jacket relies pretty heavily on the Velcro. Yeah, there's um, and a lot of Velcro. And it's not sewn straight and they're not very big pieces of Velcro. So you've got to kind of work pretty hard to line everything up. So I took those out and haven't used them since. Uh, they don't do anything for me.
0: But you wouldn't use them anyway, but I would use them.
1: And so for a period of time I ha- I did wear them and I just sort of didn't put my thumb through the thing. Yeah. But every time I put the jacket on I had to do it very gently so that I wouldn't pull the wristy out of the sleeve, which is yeah. just uh, you know a nuisance. Um so then I wore this jacket. Now the jacket has a lot of pockets and if you are a dude who tends to carry things around in pants or trouser pockets and you have to go through TSA or airport security or something like that, there is something really uh, handy about being able to put all the stuff that normally goes in pockets, including a watch, whatever, into the pockets of the jacket. And then you can just throw your jacket on the on the belt to go through the machine. And that I found was helpful. If you're a woman who puts everything in a purse, maybe you already have that uh, sort of feature. So maybe that doesn't affect you as much. So I did think that was helpful. There's a lot of pockets, but the pockets don't function exactly the way that they're supposed to. For example, there's an RFID um, sort of Defense pocket, a a pocket that's supposed to protect against RFID into which you would put your passport. But it's so exactly the size of the passport that putting the passport into it isn't easy. And of course, it's Velcroed. And so if you knock that Velcro off, it takes a really long time to put it back together, which is not convenient while you're standing in the TSA line.
0: Yeah, so it has it has strips of Velcro on it. The thing that would have been better is if it was the entire back was Velcro and the entire pocket was the opposite Velcro. Yeah, you can Yeah, because you can't just quickly do that. You have to take time to line it up. And again, the lining material that it's attached to just does not seem that sturdy. And I think that you you know you you pull that sucker out one time too hard. I mean, even early on, and it just might take the whole pocket with it.
1: Yeah, so there's this other pocket that's supposed to be a really clever iPad or tablet pocket, and it sort of goes around the waist, um, inside, like the zippers inside of the actual jacket zipper for that pocket. Um, so you know, motorcycle riders, you might be familiar with a um, a pocket for an extra face mask for your helmet or something. It's like that. But it's just a really big pocket. So what I ended up doing is taking everything out of my pockets, of my pants, watch, whatever, and just throwing them in that giant pocket. So in the end, the value going through TSA is that I had a jacket with a giant pocket on the inside. It wasn't super comfortable to have all that stuff in there, but it was only going to be for five minutes since I got through security anyway. So not really what they uh, expected me to do with the jacket. Moreover, on the other side of the interior of the jacket, there are two pockets that don't zip shut. One holds a an airplane blanket, not unlike the blanket that you might get on your airline for an, for a red eye or something. And then the other one is the inflatable footrest that you can put your feet up on. But neither of those pockets zip closed. And so when I put my jacket on top of my bag and put it through <clears throat> the metal detector machine, um, something went off and they needed to check my stuff. So, of course, the TSA employee took my jacket off my bag, but he grabbed it from the bottom and so the top, and so stuff went flying everywhere. It was oh. just really... Like, not necessary for mm. things, truthfully, that I'm not going to use anyway. So, for the rest of the trip, the blanket and the inflatable thing were in my backpack just because I didn't want to deal with it. Um, so, it would have been nice if all the pockets zipped shut so that it was flexible enough to be inverted without things falling mm. out. Um, yeah, but
0: just putting a flap on there would be handy.
1: Yeah, or a snap. Yeah, something. Yeah. Something to actually close it. So, you know, didn't but really work did, as advertised.
0: You did have some highlights, though. You, There's an eye mask in the hood. Yes. And you used that?
1: I did. So I'm not on my way there, but on the way back, I had a red eye and I ended up using the eye mask in the hood and that was effective. I will say for me personally, the weight of the jacket is such that I would not use it all of the time. I think the intent is that you wear this jacket throughout the whole travel, but it's too warm. Um, Mm -hmm. So on the red eye flight, it was night, it was cold, it's winter. Yeah, the jacket was nice to have. Uh, But for the rest of the flights, I took it off and stowed it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, for me, that's uncomfortable because I loaded it up with all my stuff, right? So I had my passport in one of the pockets and I don't feel comfortable putting my passport in the overhead bin and falling asleep because, you know, I kind of need that. Um, And so it's just a lot of reshuffling, taking things out of the jacket, putting them back in my pants pockets. And it was not, it just, it wasn't convenient. It wasn't as convenient as it was meant to be, I think.
0: Yeah. And then you use the neck pillow, which was a, I think the neck pillow is a good size in the initial product demonstration, you were—it was like sewn into the collar of the jacket, and you would just blow into it, and then it had a quick release, and it would deflate. So you still blow it up in like two seconds, and it has a little snap across like the chin, under the chin area to hold it in place, and it does have a quick, you know, deflate. But it is like pressed or manufactured in such a way. That when you used it, it created a very deep indentation in your skin that was painful.
1: On my neck, yeah, where the two seam, where the two halves of the thing are joined together, glued together, whatever it is. Yeah. It turns out I fell asleep pretty hard. And so when I woke up, there was a, a pretty deep groove there. But I mean, I fell asleep pretty hard. So that's a point yes, that's in my favor, good. I guess. That's good. So again, I mean, I'm not a sleep pillow kind of person. It worked and that I fell asleep. Maybe I would have fallen asleep either way, but um, that was, you know, something.
0: Yeah, I really want to use that function though. I'm gonna well, take the it, yeah. out so of it. So to line. your point, it's yeah. not
1: actually attached to the jacket, and once again, the only thing keeping it in is three small strips of velcro. So we were just somewhere. I was wearing that jacket just out and about and I pulled my jacket out of the car and the um the sleep pillow fell out of the jacket. Yeah. So I looked to see if the velcro had come undone and it hadn't. The Velcro was all still attached, and yet somehow the um the pillow sneaked out through the giant mm. gaping holes between the tiny strips of Velcro. So it just, they could have done more to secure everything in the jacket. One man's opinion.
0: Yeah. And then the, but, but okay, so you're going now through customs and you're like, oh no, I don't have a pen, but you did have a pen because.
1: Well, that happened at a grocery store, but oh, I was sorry. wearing a jacket and it did come in handy. So there, I mean, on the zipper, there's this little pen and it's collapsible and it has a stylus on one side and you, you detach it and expand it. And it's a pen and uh, yeah, I used it and that was convenient that one time that I needed it
0: yeah anything else you want to say about this jacket
1: um I think good idea not so great on the execution I think for the amount we paid I would have expected more I think I'm also willing to say if it performed as advertised I think I would have paid more yeah I would have been willing to pay more if this was like one jacket to rule them all yeah then I, I, think I would have paid more than what we paid. Yes. But it But it doesn't perform as advertised, and that is disappointing because we were kind of excited about it.
0: Yeah, I was. So I've talked about this jacket on like ten episodes because I was so ready to receive it and have it become my best mom jacket, where I have a pull up in one pocket and my wallet in the other pocket, and my headphones strung through the little thing. You know, I put. I was ready, but um, it's just too uncomfortable. I can't wear it. So, uh, and again, yeah, if it was well manufactured and the interior lining felt sturdy and like, you know, like a, anyway, if you pay this much for a jacket, it shouldn't look like a prototype. It should be finished well. And I just, I'm really disappointed. However, I, I have eyed up some new Kickstarter travel products that I want, including a travel dress with some hidden pockets.
1: We'll let you do the review on that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, the pockets in some places that you would definitely notice people checking. So your things will be secure. <laughs> and there's another actually competitor that that I didn't know about for our travel jackets. And they're on Amazon. So I'm going to check those out. But um, anyway, Bao box, bow box jacket. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can check it out if you want to. Um There are some people that do some really comical YouTube videos about it and they're not quite as critical as we are, but I think that they're uh, maybe just more comedic. They want to be comedians or something like that. Um, But, okay, so now that we've had a negative review to start off the year, let's talk about something that we got for travel that was actually a really great purchase. Do you know what I'm going to say?
1: I do, but
0: uh, So, Santa... There you go. (laughs) Santa brought our daughter an Instax Mini 9, which is one of the newer versions of what would be the old Polaroid cameras. Not as heavy, not as clunky, still a little little bulky, but the perfect size for our 7-year-old daughter to operate. Santa brought it for her as a gift, and we've had a lot of fun with it. And I'll tell you, having... An instant memory of our trips to all of the many castles we've been visiting is really nice. And she has now a photo album of pictures that she's taken at, you know, all the places she's visited. And it's going to school, a show until tomorrow. So what do you want to say about the camera?
1: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, Santa brought her a digital camera um, that was, you know, a few years used and i think the thing with um with digital cameras like that is if your kid drops it that might be it you might drop it once and you're done yeah and this camera although there are some moving parts it and it's probably not completely indestructible it's close yeah uh and we did, and santa did bring the case for it also and i and i really feel like it is age appropriate that she can be you know as careful as a 7 year old should be with something and it'll still survive pretty well and and it's done a good job so far um and one we've, of the
0: things it's made us excited for taking family photos
1: yeah, and it's a, it's good. I mean, it's a different discipline from taking digital pictures, right? When you take a 1,000 and pick the best one, like, she, the film is not cheap. It's, you know, at best, it's about 50 cents per picture. Uh, and so we're trying to coach her on, okay, what, what are you thinking about when you take this picture? And, and what do you want the lighting to be? And who do you want to be in it? And, um, you know, what do you want the background to be? And I think it's really good for her to kind of just think about those things. And it's interesting to see her apply that as kind of a an art and a craft as she gets better at it. Um, We have learned, though, that she defines selfie to mean any picture that she is in. So she'll (laughs) say things like, Dad, can you take a selfie of me with my camera? Um, So that's interesting. Uh, I didn't know that she thought that's what selfie means, but I'm okay with it.
0: I'm okay with that, too. We also um, had to watch a YouTube video on uh, getting the light meter right. This This isn't a camera that's going to take sweeping landscapes, It will pick up some sunsets, as we've experienced, but this country, we're in England right now, tends to be uh, grayer. It's frequently cloudy, and I think that this camera probably does better with bright light. So I'm looking forward to seeing what some of the summer pictures look like as compared to what they are now. But I think it has a maximum focus of about 12 feet. So anyway, read the instructions, watch some YouTube videos, but it's fun. And they make some bigger versions. For adults that might, or maybe teenagers that have a little bit more discipline to, you know, follow a manual and all those sort of things and learn the camera that take wider format pictures. So, these are very, these fit in like um, what you would imagine an old photo wallet. Like those little sliding, you know what I'm saying?
1: The mini one or the bigger one? The mini one. Yeah, the mini one. It's like if you had a credit card case. Yeah. Those old bill folds where you'd have credit cards and pictures of your grandkids and stuff
0: right so it's cool because we bought her a little well you bought her a little like essentially card case from a gift store and she and she can just slide her little photos in there it's great another thing we learned don't shake the pictures we were shaking it like a polaroid picture and singing that song turns out yeah, yeah and it turns out that that is not what you're supposed to do there are a lot of chemicals that work there and you just jumble them all up mess your colors up all that sort of thing Don't do that. Just take the picture, slide it into an album or a wallet, and let it sit until it's ready to be seen. So, that's all we have to say about that. So, that's a fun travel product that you can take with you. Um, All right, Joe, where are we going today? Let's get right on to our topic.
1: Yes. So, we recently visited Windsor Castle for the first time with some out-of-town guests, and it was lovely.
0: Let's give a shout-out to our out-of-town guests.
1: Uh, Becky and Tina, thanks for coming all the way across the ocean to see us. Uh, and for going to see Windsor Castle.
0: And for telling us, Tina, that your name is actually Amanda. Yeah. After all these years. we're
1: well, still going to call you Tina.
0: <laughs> High five to Tina. All right. Yeah. So we visited Windsor Castle. It's been on the bucket list for a while, but, um, as you may know, it was the recent location of several royal weddings and it was going to be bumping and we just wanted to wait and hold off on that. Becky is Joe's sister. She happened to be coming to Europe and changed her plans with her friend Tina to come and see us and come see the palace or castle. So that's what we did. And we're going to give you just some insights on what it's like to visit the castle post royal wedding. Um, Before we get into actually visiting, there's a really good documentary that we watched that um, I think would be good to know some of the modern history of of the castle and that is called Windsor after the fire. And that was put out in 2006. I think it was 2002. The castle had a fire um, and it, it destroyed something like a hundred rooms and you'll both get some history on the castle and the history of rebuilding an ancient building um, as told through some of the Royal family members. And really it's just, uh, it's incredible to see what they found underneath the rubble etc., etc., and then you can actually go and see those things as they have been replaced and redone in the castle itself. So that's a really interesting one. And then, of course, if you want to pop onto YouTube and watch the Royal Wedding, that'll give you some familiarity of St. George's Chapel, which is also on the property. So, anything else you want to say about that?
1: Um, Not about that specifically.
0: Okay. So, um... So let's get started and talk about if you're driving to Windsor, which most people will probably arrive on motor coach, which is a great idea because there's not very much parking and the town of Windsor is actually quite small. So uh, if you arrive on motor coach, that's great. If you have to park, there is a small lot at the bottom of the hill and really pay more parking than you think that you need. Otherwise, you will experience a 60-pound fine as we did.
1: Well, so the where we parked was city parking, and there's a handful of small uh, car parks around there run by the city. Um, this one, unlike so many that we have seen in this country, this one was no kidding, coins only. There was a little uh, sort of storefront that would, do, uh, that would give change for cash, but they closed at, I don't know, three or something very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was no kidding, coins. And if you don't have coins, you're just out of luck um and so we ended up staying for dinner which we didn't anticipate so i had to we we all scrounged our coins together and it was enough to get us another hour so i went down and repaid it but then we did some other attractions and we ended up getting a ticket because i didn't have enough coins we got back 15 minutes late and in the end it was actually pretty painful like it's it's now 2019 you know like get a debit card reader but whatever (laughs) uh i don't know if all the lots around that area are like that but this one certainly was uh was coins only so bring a bunch
0: well and so many of them of, of the parking lots in England are on these camera and, you know, somehow coordinated with an app yeah. uh, system. And this was not that way. So anyway, you park and it's essentially at the bottom of the hill and there are very clearly labeled signs pointing to the castle and it's a short walk. It is uphill. If you had mobility challenges and you had to wait in line, it, it could be problematic. I think, because the lines tend to be long and it is uphill and there are a lot of stairs. There are ramps, but I think that it would be somewhat challenging to visit this castle.
1: We took advice from friends and I would strongly recommend uh, buying your tickets in advance. Um, So we, we were told that the lines would be long. It was over the holiday break. Kids were out of school. Tourists were in town and so so we bought our tickets online. There's two ways to do that one is buy them online and redeem them when you get there and the other is to no kidding print them out and we chose the print out option my sister and Tina uh, were to pick theirs up there um, and we were able to skip a line of hundreds of people. Hundreds I mean, it, people. it wrapped around the block. Yes. And we skipped it, sort of all of it, and it just, just got right in the security line. Um, yeah. My sister had to wait maybe, maybe 10, 10 minutes, minutes longer, yeah, but not, te- not not too, too much long. longer. So if you can't find a printer, you're still okay. But I would absolutely purchase in advance so you don't have to wait in the main line.
0: Yep. Um, we brought a stroller because our, we were really hoping our little boy would take a nap. He did not. However, they will ask you to completely empty your stroller. So if you have bags and all kinds of things loaded under there, you will have to put all of that through the scanner and then they will take your stroller through a metal detector and swab it and do all of those things. So be prepared to have all that stuff in a bag. Um, Of note, you are allowed to bring in bottled water and snacks, not into the palace itself, but you can, you know, picnic inside there. Um, And what are you going to say?
1: Well, it's not a palace, but not Sorry. into the staterooms in Sorry. the castle.
0: Listen, if you when you're inside this thing, it's a castle. It's a fortress. However, when you go into the staterooms... They fancy. They fancy. Yeah. They, I mean, there's the masters have works in there. Um, there's, it's, it's, it's actually incredible. And of note, the taxpayers did not pay to restore the castle when it burned. The tours of the staterooms actually funded... Most of, they already had, they had a grant that was actually coming to them already for restoration, but the, but tourism is actually what up keeps this castle. So, um, anyway, but of of
1: crucial note, especially if you have children, lots of the castles around here have a cafe inside where you can take Mm -hmm. a break and have tea or even a whole meal. Yeah, And this is not one of them. So bring, bring food if you plan to be there all day. Otherwise you have to leave and. Go find a restaurant.
0: Yeah, it is a little torturous though because it it exits right out into the town, and there are many pubs right outside the exits, which we can talk about later. But the smell of the cooking just wafts in there, and you once you leave, like you're done. So just be prepared to bring some snacks with you, otherwise you'll have Tina like stealing your kids' goldfish and whatnot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True,
0: <laughs> Tina. Okay, so buying tickets, buy them in advance, please. Um, you can convert that to an annual pass if you want to go back, um, or if you want to come back the next day or something. So, buy one day, get the whole year free. Uh, that, okay. Now, what is Windsor like after a wedding? We did go in December, however, which is which is low season. So, and there was still a line of hundreds of people to get in. So, buy tickets in advance because in the summer it's going to be bumping.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there are lots of castles in this part of the world. And if you listen to the episode with David Weinsach, you will hear that these castles range from everything to, you know, big opulent uh, estates with staterooms and everything to just a single tower that was a fortress, you know, a garrison against attack from a particular direction. What makes Windsor special is that it is a fortress and a castle that goes back to the 11th century, I think, um, think to the Normans, right? But it's also one of the homes that the royal family actually still uses. And so I think yes. part of the reason you get the the high levels of tourism is because it's that sort of nexus between history and castle and fortress, but also modern day, uh, I don't want to say opulence, but royalty. I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to see some glimpse at the at the way the royal family lives also. Um, well, because they so- still
0: live there. They, this is where they go on the weekends. 39 of the monarchs of England have lived there. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, For, and, and until fairly recently, I mean... I don't think they moved to Buckingham Palace until Queen Victoria, right? So I mean, it it was really part of the modern um, royal family. But I think Queen
0: Victoria, like she lived here actually in Windsor mostly. This was like what her. I think I have that right.
1: I I don't know. I could be mistaken. I just mean to say that it's both real, modern, contemporary royal family digs, and also historical fortress. Yeah, and so the tourism is is pretty high.
0: Yes, compared to is. other
1: castles we've seen that are really just there for the historical value.
0: And of note, you can tell if, if the regular, if like the, what are they call They call it the Union Jack? Is that the? Yeah, that's the flag, yeah. So, so the Union Jack is flying. Have at it. Go visit the castle. Go in all the rooms. If there is a more colorful flag up, that is an indication that the queen is actually at the palace. And you will be restricted as to where you can go. So you'll be able to go into the chapel. You'll be able to go into the grounds. But you will not be able to get into the staterooms because that's. That the is queen the queen there. sleeping in there, which kind of weirds me out that they would open up her bedroom. Like, I, I think that that must not be entirely true. But it's for a se- huge place, but I for don't security think, purposes, yeah. they can't have tourists in there. So, anyway, you will have you'll pay a reduced ticket if you. Sorry, rescue dog has shown up and she's going to make some noise here, but. um if you go on a day when the queen is there, good for you. The queen is there, but you will have a limited tour that you can go on. And so. a reduced
1: price. And ticket. a reduced
0: price point. Yeah. Something and like 10 pounds be. She sounds super nice. She's, she does sound actually very nice. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's buying tickets and visiting. Um, stroller notes. We brought our stroller. You have to take it through security. There is a stroller check-in inside the castle that you can essentially coat check your stroller. And there is also a coat check there. We did not do this because...
1: It's inside the staterooms and up the stairs. So if you are going to find this stroller check, you have to take your stroller up the stairs, which is counterintuitive to say the least.
0: Or go to the handicap entrance, which I didn't even see signs for. So we parked our stroller where there were other strollers. And then we went on the house tour, of which I should say the staff was wonderful with our children. They took time to ask the kid, And there was, you know, hundreds of people there. But they were still asking our kids, do you have questions? Can I tell you some interesting things about all the guns on the walls? Which, by the way, most of them still fire. So, it's, you know, they were very nice to the children, which I appreciate. Because, our, you know, our children aren't always the most cooperative. So, or, you know. They're children. They're children. Yeah. So, anyway, staff was wonderful. But when we came out the stroller was missing. And so were all the other strollers because they consider it to be abandoned luggage, just like at the airport and potentially, you know, harmful. They
1: didn't incinerate it like at the airport. Yeah,
0: that's they true. They, they didn't detonate the stroller, which is good. But they, they will take it. And then, they, you know, they very politely explained this to us uh, and then brought it back. So we got the stroller back. But you should know that if you bring a stroller, a pram, a pushchair, or a wheelchair... Do check it inside. Um, let's talk about photography rules in the castle. There's no photography. Indoor. The, indoor. The queen owns everything, and she does not want it photographed. And you won't, you will not. I mean, you're, you're going to get corrected. You're not going to get in trouble. They're not going to take your camera or something, but they will remind you that there's no photography. So that's that's just a good thing to know, being inside the castle. But outside, take all the pictures you want, and it's very picturesque. You should do that.
1: Which can be a little disappointing if you go right after Christmas, right after your seven-year-old has gotten a brand new camera yeah. from Santa, but you do what you got to do.
0: You do what you got to do. So you can get an audio tour, which would be wonderful. We did not do that because the kids couldn't handle that, um, but we did watch some documentaries ahead of time, so we were more prepared for it. But there, there is an audio tour that's worth doing, and on the tour is actually... Meghan Markle's dress and Prince Harry's—I don't know what that. It was in military uniform. Yeah. It, ha, it had yeah. like the Seinfeld puffy shirt.
1: Yeah, it what classy. He was it didn't classy. Look like a pirate.
0: No, he didn't look like a pirate. But it, it definitely had more flouncy material than I thought it would be. But that's on display. It's a big attraction. People will linger there. Um, and, you know, if you have a seven-year-old that really wants to see the princess's wedding dress, you're going to have to just shove her through there so she can see the dress and then to be disappointed that it's kind of plain. But it's on display. It is beautiful. The train is amazing, and it's, it's on display. So take some time in there. Uh, and then the other thing you need to see while you're on the site is St. George's Chapel. It's pretty amazing. It's both a chapel and it's a mausoleum. We were recently at Canterbury Cathedral, so the scale is not—it's not humongous. However, the detail in the craft craftsmanship is amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not humongous, but chapel doesn't really do it justice either. I yes, mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Unsurprisingly, but still.
0: Yes, and um, it should be of—it should be noted that this is also the home of the what, Knights of the Garter. You don't know the Knights of the Garter?
1: I don't. Oh.
0: The story is that sometime when it was formed, one of these knights was dancing with a lady whose garter fell down in the dance. And rather than letting her be embarrassed, he picked it up and put it on his own leg and kind of challenged anyone to make fun of him and said, we're defending this sort of virtue. So Knights of the Garter, this is where their home is. They do meet every year at Windsor Castle. And the all of the shields and crests of them are what's going to what that's what you're going to be seeing in the chapel ceiling is all the 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 shields and family crests of. Am I saying the right family crest? I
1: think
0: so. Yeah,
1: I um, was chasing a three year old so I didn't really get to read a lot. Of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that whole thing, but th- but that's an interesting history there that's worth looking up. Is the is the Knights of the Garters?
1: And that's. A- Also in the chapels where the wedding ceremony was held. So if you do watch the royal wedding on the YouTubes, that's what you'll see. Mm -hmm. Also, you'll probably notice that there was an American pastor who delivered the message. uh, And it was fiery. It was a fiery message.
0: It was charismatic. He
1: talked about fire quite a bit, actually. He talked about
0: fire. Uh, Maybe not appropriate in a place that kind of burned to, you know, portion of it. The
1: chapel didn't burn, but did it?
0: No, well, it start it started actually in the family's private chapel yeah. inside of the castle, and here's an interesting fact: the fire started because there was a curtain that was too close to a spotlight, and it was oh Saint Christopher. I
1: don't know.
0: There's a, there's a saint statue that was a World War One memorial, and. That's where the fire started. And interestingly, when it burned, it's the only thing that was left standing in the room attached to the wall was the saint that was right next to where the fire started. And they left it there. So you can go check that out. Pretty impressive stuff. So, yes, he talked a lot about fire in a place that was recently restored from a devastating fire, but it was passionate and people still remember it because we heard the tour guide saying, the walls are still reverberating from the message delivered at the wedding. America. America. And that's pretty much going to do it for Windsor Castle. Anything else?
1: Um, I got to be honest, it wasn't my favorite castle visit. And I think it's just the, it's like, you know, going to visit the Capitol Building or the White House in Washington, D.C. There's so many places that you can't go because mm. there's people working in there. Mm. And this felt kind of like that. Like you get a glimpse of the inside, but it's not like you get to go explore the castle in the way that you do with uh, with some mm. of the older castles. So. Uh, I would say just know that going in and know what you're getting yourself into. I'm glad yeah. we did it. I would I would certainly uh, want it to be something that we accomplished while we're here. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't my favorite.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we'll be back. No. There are other castles I want to go back to. Agreed. But listen, Royal Family, should you ever hear this, we would love to come sometime.
1: I think it would be different to be an invited guest.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. But you can actually, if you are someone who is of the same faith, you can go to... The uh, church services that are held in the chapel. And that is the royal family's, you know, that's their home church. I don't know if you get to rub elbows with them. I have no interest in that sort of thing. But if you do have that sort of interest, you can actually go and worship at this chapel. And uh, there were services happening while we were there. So, that's that. And on that note, happy 2019. Hopefully our technical issues will resolve shortly. And we'll be able to put out some more episodes in a timely manner. And until two weeks from now, this is Megan Chapa of the Travel Radio Podcast saying have a great day. Oh, and thanks for being on the show, babe.
1: Happy to be here. <laughs> have a great day.
0: <laughs> have a great day. <laughs>